why I have you guys here. Can I express something? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh, get I it. Was, okay, I was told that this was going to be a job interview and uh-huh. that in order to get the job, I had to make the case that this issue is the best issue of Batman, Inc., but with you guys here, I don't have a chance. This is all tracking. This is I'm all not gonna, still I'm happening. Not gonna, I'm not going to get still a job, a job if I have to pair against <laughs> Roman or Jeff making that case. I'm not going to be able to get the job. I don't got a chance. Here I was thinking I was going to be in an empty Zoom call where I just go, this is the best issue of Batman Inc. And maybe I'd get a, a, a No, this is, this is good because like that thought that you had expressed to me of just sort of like, I'm excited about this issue. I want to be on this Quarantine episode 61. I just confirmed that, and wow, I've just 60. visually confirmed that we're recording, which is <laughs> constant fear for me at this point. We're going to be talking about Batman Incorporated number seven. Jeff, Justin, and Roman in the house. Boys, good morning. Morning. Uh, all of our wonderful folks, thanks for letting us take a Thanksgiving day off. Um, yeah, I was too bird drunk to do any of it. I was so bird rowdy. I was so <laughs> like bird rowdy i've been tripped in on tryptophan for days for three days for a triple day and you've spent a fair amount of time trying to distill tryptophan tryptophan into a a clear liquid that we can just consume with water how is that coming you know being the my own lab rat and scientist it's tricky i just pass out (laughs) mid-experiment but i think it's working (laughs) and roman you had salmon on thanksgiving is that correct (laughs) good morning meine freunde Oh, and oh. you're German. Um, yes. <laughs> thought you were Irish yeah. Catholic. Yeah. Oh. Uh, hi. <laughs> you, you, like, jokes aside, you did have salmon on Thanksgiving, right? I did, because, you know, of I'm, course. I'm not a big fan of turkey. Birds. I mean, growing up, my dad loves turkey, and we ate turkey and chicken all the time, regardless of holidays. So, you know, both my mom and I are like, eh, turkey. So, so I can't what? eat red meat. So yeah, we used much to, as a kid. Chili. Yeah. 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 Oh. So yeah, usually <laughs> C word. Usually I have salmon or ham for Thanksgiving. Hamming it up. This ham. time. I, yeah, salmon. I love a ham. I don't like eating ham all the time because I think pigs are fucking adorable. They but are. I do love I do love and they're super smart. Oh, they're so smart. I do love a ham and I hate to admit it. So I, I only try to have ham, you know, a less than twice a year i have a, a group with the christmas it, ham was my my family yeah same. turkey thanksgiving christmas ham that was pretty much the only time we had ham yeah. you know you know what it was that and this time this year it was a my mom made us a, a salmon pot pie which i didn't know Ooh. you could do which of course you i love a pot pie meat in a pie yes. yeah i, I ate it in two it. sittings <laughs> stuff it and oh, so good and just so that everyone who is listening to this podcast is on the same page, that we're all here for the same thing. Justin, did you watch the season finale of Great British Baking Show? Is it, was it the season finale? I haven't got to it yet. Okay. There was <laughs> Probably, a like I said, I was fucking bird drunk as bird shit. Bird drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Been a, it's been a crazy weekend. I'm just excited. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about it. And there, you know, the thing is, is like Grey's Anatomy, which I'm also watching right now, there is just this huge undercurrent of decency. Like, at the bottom of everything, it's people who are still trying to do good by one another. And that's what people come to Batman in quarantine for. This issue, drawn by Chris Burnham, written by the one and only Grant Morrison, takes place on an Indian reservation. I loved this issue. Did you guys like this issue? I love this issue, too. It's my favorite issue so far of this run, and, and we'll see. It may end up being my favorite issue of the run. Yeah, I was going to try to, like sacrifice genuineness for like a snarky laugh like a joke but i can't i, I love this issue i don't have anything <laughs> snarky to say. i wanted to like shock and say well actually but no i i've been trying to do, do that can't commit with, to it with django on the normal podcast um <laughs> like you know two weeks ago when rorschach 2 came out i hadn't talked to him at all about it and i started and i was like 
this was a shitty first pick. I started, I just started <laughs> talking about it, and I was like, no, I loved this issue. But I just, I, I love, I love winding Django up like that and making him think I don't. Especially like for that book. Yeah, and then, and then be like, no, I, I loved it. It's he loves it because he always tries to like, yeah, he tries to be like, that doesn't bother me. I respect you. This is cool. And <laughs> but he, you what? can tell he's a little like, ah, 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 and <laughs> him. And so everyone who's listening, yeah. Django um, is is a wonderful part of this show. Yeah, he is. Yeah, this is this is my favorite issue of Batman Inc. so far. I think pretty pretty unequivocally, and I remember it being my favorite issue of the run so far when I read it the first time. I almost dropped this book until this issue. Yeah, I was like, exactly what it used to be. The previous issue was the one where I was like reading it in the doctor's office, and I was like, do I care? Do I care? And then, and I'm curious what it is about this issue to the both of you that makes it so much better than the other issues. And I have, I have my own idea sort of why I love this one or what is different about it. But I'm curious, because I think there's a lot of differences. What you two think? I can go, I also, <laughs> I sprung it on you, but I was trying to think about it. As uh, I always play with chicken because I, uh, I want Roman to go first. I do too, Roman, get okay. it, you okay. little chicken. Um, God, what I love about this, the main thing I love about this issue is that we get to see, see, how somebody with n- no money and no resources, but that was inspired by Batman, does his own take on things and, and tries to help his community in his own way that has nothing to do with money and and well, with having money, that is. And it's just all from the heart. And this guy works so hard in his you know civilian identity. He's the doctor, and at night he he's man of bats, and and he and he. <laughs> And the crime he fights is is poverty and hopelessness and addiction and you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> the real people, real issues of the yeah, real world. Yeah, really helping people on you know a gut level. I think on some level, it's almost the exact opposite of what this run has been so far. For sure. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Because you know, it's, there's no international crime rings and spies and secret organizations and, and, and these, yeah. technology <laughs> existential skeletons and a giant satellite around the earth. Like those are pretty hard, tangible things to fight. You know, it's like, are you really fighting something? You can say you're out there fighting this crime ring, but this guy's dealing with like moms overdosing and their kids needing to go to adoption agencies. Like one of the most yeah. and, and brutal like, scenes I've ever read in a Batman comic. I know I was, yeah, and even stuff is, you know, kind of low level, but still a, a problem, like an old woman with black mold in her trailer. I mean, <laughs> right. That yeah. first page is such an amazing bit of just him going to different doors, handling the type of crime that, like, I don't know, I'm from a really small town. Justin, you're from Spokane, which in the grand scheme of things, and like the outskirts of Spokane, like mm-hmm. there's a small community vibe in, in the sort of Eastern Washington where, where sure. we're from. So this reminded me very much of like, I didn't have crime. There weren't people breaking in in my tiny redneck town. Like, so this is, uh, this reminded me very much of like, you know, the type of crime that one, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, I want to be a superhero, but then you're like, well, there's no supervillains in Colville, and there's no right. one breaking into banks or anything. So it's what would I do? Yeah, walking around town hoping no one's going to be trying to steal something from somebody else. Right. Yeah, I, he's got a Superman quality, man. He's you know so much of the the afflictions that Native Americans experience are diseases of despair, and to care about the human heart rather than like these existential threats is you know the reason why sometimes I. Well, I mean, all the time, but I managed to get through it. It's like I don't super love aspects of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I lose my ability to resonate with Batman sometimes. Is like, you know, Gotham City could be a lot better place if you fixed X, Y, and Z. Like clean water and, you know, food deserts and shit. Like crime is partially because of human despair. 100%. And like having Man of Bats, the guy on the ground doing that. He has a Superman quality. You know, he's like actually caring about his neighbors and that's really and i mean i love grant morrison's fucking crazy you know what he's doing with the existential stuff but this man of bat character feels like the really heart centric batman character Um, i think i think that i and i absolutely agree and i I, and i you know i i'm loving the batman incorporated thing but just like you said i think some of it is like a you know 
because this is the the opposite of incorporated and while i love it incorporated is kind of emphasizing that aspect of batman that i can wrestle with like you just said like that like it's toning up the you know the the sort of authoritarian nature of batman to a certain extent and in fact that last issue i was like ooh, this is kind of scarier authoritarian like with the bat robots in public and like i was like yeah this is hitting me different than it did back then I called that episode like, you know, like bat conspiracy on a global scale or something oh, like that. Yeah. Cause it's, it's very like, this is cool, but like, we're kind of wrapping the earth in a thing, but you know, I, I love that this is, is the opposite of, of that. And the thing that I love so much about this issue is that I think that to Justin's point and in what we've said so far is that there is kind of like a, a gap between Batman and I, in terms of him being gallivanting and globe trotting and fixing the world and grand sweeps what this is, is this whole issue is in one place the whole time. Have we gotten an issue so far in Batman Incorporated that is all just in one place and not in Mexico and Gotham and Metropolis? And and I think that what that storytelling, the, the method that that has been doing is that I don't really get to latch on to people and places and social ecosystems. And For sure. And it's harder to like super care about somebody that you're just seeing for a minute in, in Mexico and then back in Gotham. Whereas here, we got to spend more time with Man of Bats, you know, than we've spent with any other recruit at this point. But then also just with this community and it allowed us to care about this community. And, and that's what I loved so much. And it made me be like, okay, Ink has been awesome so far, but maybe hit the brakes and just spend more time in a town or with a specific person at a time because... You know, I think we got a more comprehensive look at Man of Bats than we've gotten of any of the recruits so far. And sometimes those people had two issues to tell a story, and they for sure. I uh... oh, I was just gonna say, should we should we recap? There's a lot to talk about in here. Should we recap the the issue Absolutely. and then and then kind of go back and examine things? I'm gonna potty really quick. Want someone want to give a re- recap? Justin oh. recapped the shit out of a thing last night on Papcast, and I was like, Justin, you're great at broad stroking these things, oh, but he's also just great at stroking these things. Okay, I'll try. I'll try to do a recap while you potty, while you stroke things. Um, so we have, gosh, um, we are kind of zoomed in on Man of Bats and his son as they attempt to clean up their community, and his son is feeling. I think he's pretty persuaded or like um, excited by the idea of what Batman does on the opposite end of fighting crime on a large scale, fighting these colorful supervillains. So we see, you know, man of bats trying to save his community as well as forge, uh, maybe not forge, but hold on to a connection with his son as his son gets bored with his community. And like all kids, young people want to get out of the world they know. And he is coming back and reconnecting to his world and you know this kid wants to go globetrot and find himself and really doesn't want to identify with his community like many young men do and you know i've as someone who consumes a lot of stuff about indigenous people it's pretty common for someone to just long to get off the res you know and a lot of the times they come back it's that (laughs) hero's journey in the real world yeah just and and it's what his father did a man of bats did that and then came back after his after his marriage fell apart right Justin, we brought up earlier that both you and I grew up on the eastern side of the state. So Roman and I, on just this last Tuesday, were talking about like how Colville was sort of nestled <laughs> between two Native American reservations. Um, and so that was a really big part of just like my education growing up. And I know Roman, I actually don't know where it comes from, but you like seem very learned about Native American cultures. Like that's a thing. Oh, well, I'm you know, my mom was like a quarter native. That was my question is like how much of that and your experience on the East side of the state was around and is it in your lineage as well? Cause I actually didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, so a huge reason why I love this issue and not to like overemphasize my, you know, over identify with my native part, you know, I think I'm like 16%, but my mom, you know, her dad was half native in her dad's side was a you know she grew up on a reservation um and so and then her mom was like like cartoonishly an orphan like a baby left in a basket on a doorstep um and so and her mom had tons of issues with alcoholism so she really didn't identify much with her mom's side and so she really identified with her dad's side which was natives um canadian 
tribe. So I grew up like my mom had all of my decor as a kid in my house was Native American stuff. She used to go to this one market and get Kachina dolls for good luck on her birthday. And we used to go there with her. And so a huge part of my connection to my mom, you know, if anyone who grew up in my childhood house was always confused because like my house was just decked out Native American stuff. Hmm. And that was like a huge part of her life that she, you know, and her dad got shot and killed in a bar um, on a res. So she like felt kind of like she needed to keep his memory alive through his culture. So I grew up around a lot of the Native American stuff. And since then, like, that's why I'm pretty interested in my ancestry and trying to find out my ancestry on my mom's side is so fucked up because of colonization. Like my mom had to hide the amount of Native American she was to get into schools. And my mom grew up in a Catholic school and she has a lot of memories. So there's a weird Catholic aspect to my family as well. And then I realized like, oh, natives were forced into Catholic schools to try to like unteach them their ways. And my mom was like, went to one of those schools and I never put the two together. Um, and so I feel like a lot of my family and my mom's life was really influenced by like what native Americans have gone through, even though she was only a quarter. And if you see pictures of my mom, she looks pretty native. I'm, I've uh, never seen pictures of either of your parents. Oh yeah. I, I don't know if I have any photos of them, but um, I didn't know that Justin, all of that. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. Totally fascinating dude. And huh. I can't believe that we've never talked about it. Yeah. Maybe I am a little, I we used to talked, be pretty, yeah, we haven't talked. Sorry. I've been inclined to just, you and I've had some Wednesday on computer times and like the last two weeks I've been like, I, I feel inclined to start asking Justin more personal questions about, oh, like, me. I, I'm just me. like, I've never actually really talked to you much about your mom is the last two weeks I've been like, I really want to talk to Justin about his mom. Oh, I appreciate it. I think I kind of, um, at times was pretty proud of the native aspect as a kid. And, you know, had like got kind of made fun of, of like, well, you don't look native. You're not, you're not even all of that native, you know, but I just grew up in a kind of a more of an environment that was like pretty into that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's hugely like, if you look at my spirituality, it's like native Catholicism is like directly from my mom, you know, it's, um, it's, it's so interesting. Like just Colville because it was, you know, so close to a couple different reses, um, that like we had a lot of Native American students within my elementary schools and junior highs. Um, and then we would always like every year for four or five years do a unit, you know, on it. And like, yeah, not, not, ha I'm not proud of, but like, eight and nine and 10 year old Jeff was like another unit, like another year, another unit on this. And like that, I, I feel very guilty about now looking back oh, on yeah. it, but like, but as an adult, I'm like, Oh my God, talk about a culture that I am way more interested and in, have a, you like way more respect for than like colonial you know like yeah colonized western culture that we're all a for part sure. of so it's just it's I, an we took it for granted i think like especially being on the east side like forced it on us because like hey this is like actually your roots and yeah i really hated that because i just hated anything felt forced mm -hmm. but now looking that was, back that was me too yeah like that's actually a good thing that our school did that like here's your roots fucking learn about them this is the land that your people stole from other people like i think that that is really really powerful i was just a, like a little shit who hated anything forced me on me i wish i would have paid attention in like that those history classes that i was forced into because now that's what i'm most interested in right you know but especially because i think you and like, I are cut from the same cloth we are we are don't make me learn something i'll <laughs> learn what i want to learn but frankly you know my school in northeast washington on the Idaho Canadian border armpit um, was, you know, almost all white, you know, Christians, yeah. except for, I would say that, you know, like the second largest population would have been native American just by the place that it was. So I am at least proud of my conservative uh, ecosystem for honoring probably the second largest culture in our school, because they did, you know, like we were talking about with the other history of the DC universe last night, like, you know, you don't want to just learn about a bunch of white heroes, especially if you're not a white person. Right. And yeah. Just yeah. Boy, so I, I, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to piggyback. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just wish, I wish that, I regret that my school, and, I, and you know, I'm a little older than you guys, so my well, school. 36, and, you're and, five and, years older. Yeah, than you. yeah, you know, in the <laughs> 80s, we didn't, our, my school, my middle school and my high school, we didn't have a single word, I think, that I can remember about the local tribes around us and 
you know, I went to high school in Paulsville, but we were the only high school around then. So we had people from the Port Gamble Sklalem tribe in our high school, and we had people from the um, Suquamish tribe um, where Chief Seattle's buried. But, and they were, you know, they were my classmates, but we didn't learn anything about them. It was, it was, it was a real shame because I didn't learn about them. And like, I'm from Kitsap County and I didn't learn a thing about Chief Kitsap who the county's named for until college. So where did you, where did you, did you independently acquire a lot of this information or pursue it yourself? Or was it a college thing? Or, um, cause I, I think you seem pretty, um, you have a lot of deference for the culture when we talk about it and you seem very learned. I was, well, thanks. Um, I always learn a lot more. The great Roman um, illusion. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors, boys. <laughs> um, um, I was always interested at starting with Chief Joseph and his people's um, run from American government. Uh, when I, and when I was a kid in Oregon, that's when I started learning about that. And I think the first mythology book I ever got was Native American Pacific Northwest mythology. So I always got interest from that, but then I didn't really learn anything about it formally, yeah, until college, until Western. And actually, I was going to be a minor. One of my minors I considered was Native American literature. Oh, wow. That's and, awesome. I've yeah. thought about doing that in school as well. Yeah, and I wish I had done it. I didn't do it because the, the what do you call it, the advisor for that program I didn't like him. He, I mean, he was an alcoholic and it was very obvious and, and, but I wish I had just ignored that and done the minor anyway. But yeah, I took some classes and then started to learn some, learn some actual you, facts and everything. Did you ever study the song of Hiawatha? I don't like know if I studied it, but yeah, I read it. Poem. Yeah. In, in high school, my favorite project I ever did is I took the song of Hiawatha and made Hiawatha a superhero and turned it into a com comic book. So they talk about like his embery smoky heart. So he had a power of like a fiery heart. And then there's this scene where he fights hunger and he imagines himself wrestling corn. And the, the big villain was this like evil corn that wouldn't let people eat him. And so, yeah. Uh, that is one of the most purely Justin things I've ever heard. And it yeah, warms, wanna, warms wanna, my heart to hear it. Yeah, I want to read that. Yeah, I wish yeah. I still had it. Um, I even like drew a, drawings in it, so. Um, Get me a picture of him wrestling corn. I need that. Yeah, I need that corn wrestler in my ecosystem. Um, you know this this issue is pretty straightforward. Uh, Man of bats and Red Raven. Or, you know, like you guys talked about. I want to hear what you want to have to say. I don't want. Well, I was just Justin I was going to start talking about uh, the Bats Cave because I fucking love oh, that. It's and fucking awesome. I don't know. Well, if we, we need well, we, to like. We, can't, we haven't quite finished our recap. Okay. Okay. Justin. Yeah. Sorry. I, I interjected. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Jeff, you pick it up. I got to the fact that uh, Men and Bats and his son, like there's this eternal internal conflict between them of someone wanting to get off the res and leave community and individuate and someone like, no, you find yourself in community. And I think yeah. that that polarity is a cool through line throughout this book. And to piggyback off of a conversation we had last night that might not mean things to Batman and quarantine listeners, but we were talking, we recorded a perfectly accessible podcast last night with the other history of the DC universe. And, and, and I remember being in psychology and culture classes and, and sort of reading about like in racial identity development that, you know, there's like a stage not to put everyone in a box, but like that stage where you like resent your otherness because it others you from primary culture. So you do want to get off the res or you do want like, you know, you reject your culture as a sign right. of just rejecting being the other. And so, yeah, that, you know, I like that that conversation we had last night is also seems to be present in here and that resentment towards oneself that Red Raven even has, but he tries to quit and, you know, man of bats goes waist deep in some recon stuff and he gets, can I, can I just interject? Yeah, please, please. And also part of, I think, red ravens thing there's that and also the fact he's just so exhausted of deal about dealing with this stuff he wants to go fight like some super robots or something more simple mm -hmm. <laughs> right yeah there's the burden of seeing people he's actually connected to suffering from things he can't ultimately fix that he would much rather a simplistic like oh all i have to do to fix the world is punch a robot yeah put Les luther in jail like i'd right. love to put yeah. Les luther in jail yeah. that, that'd be a relief <laughs> right but in fact it's like his brothers and sisters are slowly killing themselves there there's something more complex and invisible at, at hand which is like you know the world has marginalized you. You you got your land stolen from you, and now you're economically disaffected, mm -hmm. and that creates a lot of problems. And that is not the easy easy solve. What it takes is someone like Man of Bats, who's like, 
doctor by day, hero by night, and always community member. Yeah, you and know, like, and I read something a, a perfect quote that you know explored that within this issue. But it's just it's just that yeah, the you know kind of like uh, piggybacking off of a thought that I've heard you say several times, like the sort of the ethical balance of you know. The, trying to change a culture that's been victimized by an outside culture is to get waist deep in that culture and, right. you know, fix it. It's, it's not, you know, it, it's going to be being there on the front lines dealing with poverty and alcohol addiction and drug abuse and, and all of that stuff. And I even loved the scene in this issue where, you know, in sort of just talking about how exhausted he is with his dad and his dad's fight, it shows the clip of them in the newspaper um, protesting just against alcohol sales. And, it reminded me of just like, you know, Manabat's protest ends in court date, liquor trade equals genocide. Just like talk about a cultural difference in the way that you perceive something. Because alcohol is this Western thing that we brought that, you know, like genetically there's a predisposition for alcoholism at this point. So like, that's just like not even an overtly stated fact in here of what we're fighting. It's just an, a newspaper clipping, but it's a, such an, an important part that emphasizes the difference of this culture and, and how our priorities are different. So don't approach this from like the Western standpoint. Yeah. Uh, another personal thing is, you know, the fight of alcoholism. Yeah. My mom was an alcoholic. I've struggled. Yeah. Her dad struggled. Her dad struggled. So I've seen that also that kind of lineage of that trickle down through my, my ancestral lines. And that's the reason why I'm so interested in my ancestry is like where, does it come from? And it comes from a pretty complex spot, like colonization. Like, yeah. I'm a, I look white, I act white, I'm cultured white, I'm like mostly white in DNA, but my life has been affected by the effects of colonization, even though, you know, I'm mostly European. Right. But like that, that ripple effect has come down so far. And to think like how much that is in our culture that comes from something hundreds of years ago fucking drives me insane. Yeah. Um, wow. And so seeing like seeing that I had a lot of personal fuck, I've seen this in my family and I'm not even there in that, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's, it's why I hate colonization so much and get so angry. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Can I, a, can I clarify a little? So just cause yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to give the impression of the insensitivity. Yeah. The, the guy, I didn't mention the guy running my native American, uh, literature, class was a white dude i said he was alcoholic i didn't say he was a white dude alcoholic and you know didn't really try to cover it up much sure <laughs> right so that's that's what turned me off right for yeah. sure but this cave this bats cave i also love that the batmobile is just called the batsmobile like the, the uses <laughs> of the s in this is like it gives it a whole different uh designation which i think is is pretty fantastic yeah i want to where where is that page um let me try and find that page. Uh, yeah, and the fact that their their bats cave is you know it's 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 a two car garage with a bat symbol painted on the front, <laughs> and I love the I mean well I don't love it it's it's a it's a good commentary that it's also a tourist attraction. I, I, I got out my my trusty magnifying glass to read the sign, and it's <laughs> uh, and there's charges to look at different <laughs> the different I love things. You, Roman. <laughs> and, and, and at the very bottom, all the proceeds from it go to the uh, red the red cloud. I don't have my magnifying glass now. Oh, that's all right. My eyes aren't so bad. So the Red I'll Cloud Indian the School, <laughs> which, which I looked it up. That's a real school, which, as, as you were talking about, Justin, started off as a Catholic um, boarding school. Where they would force you to cut your hair and yeah, come yeah, West. And, yeah. And yeah, yeah, beat the Indian out of you. Um, I, which like, it literally happened to my mom. Like yeah. Yeah. she hates nuns. She like got weirdly Catholic towards the end as you know, the integration goes. Uh, but she was like very scared of nuns and used to talk about that. Yeah. It's one of the tragedies of, you know, American history and Canadian history too. Um, that, yeah. I mean, if you spoke your native tongue, they'd hit you. If, right. if you did anything from your own culture, you you result in physical abuse right um and punishment um and then this school it they uh they changed it they changed the whole direction of it they got rid of the boarding school aspect um the indigenous peoples on the reservation changed it so now it's a very positive pro-indigenous schooling so cool. system and i love that morrison put that in there which also and it also gave us the clue that 
another clue. This is this is happening on the Pine Ridge um, Indian Reservation, which is that's what I was curious. The, it's one of the biggest in the United States, and and one of the Morrison writes in the back matter. It's a third world nation, basically. And he said the only thing similar to it when he was writing the story, he was researching the only thing similar to it is actually parts of uh, Scotland near Glasgow that that has similar rates of poverty and alcoholism and you know all these mm. things. So Morrison had his own. It ended up being a real personal thing for him too. I think. Right. Well, I, I think mean, you Euro- can feel that. Yeah. yeah, Europeans were first. You know, it came in the guys from Christianity expanding that way but it was just empiricism you know it was just the roman empire getting territories in europe like they did it to europeans back then you know like we're all colonized whether we want to whether we acknowledge it or not on some level you know and you can like the diseases of despair in glasgow are the same as the ones on the res you know that's like the fallout of colonization and trauma is you you look to get out of it via drug and you know you don't have the same food opportunities and so you yeah it's terrible the the whole time i was reading this issue i was reminded of the a book that i love called scalped and if anyone's listening to this and has not read scalped it's the only other thing that i've ever read in comics that is such an accurate wholly takes place on a res and deals with all of the problems about you know colonization being on a res poverty levels within their drug addiction how social ecosystems evolve and adapt to having like casinos on it because they're allowed to. And then what outside culture does to an internal culture with that. So I uh, just have to plug a book scalped that doesn't get enough credit, but is the most this thorough. This book made me book. wanted to continue. I was like, fuck, I need to finish that book. Cause I made it two trades in. It's it's yeah. It's this and that do such a good job of putting me a total outsider in that headspace. And I think it's a worthwhile headspace for everyone to get in um so scalped is very good and this was very 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 good i uh, i liked batman's role in this issue (coughs) like he even even when he shows up he wants to save the day and he's like i can give you a bunch of money and they basically just say you know like you can give us money yeah we're just gonna give it away like what like we're gonna keep doing this our way and you know i'm curious do you guys think that at the end like he joined up or is he not joined up or is it was Batman just sort of like, it's a great idea. You guys are killing it. Like, keep it up. You know, I'm, it, I love that it doesn't end with him adopting the Batman incorporate incorporated mentality. It, it is still him honoring his own thing. And I was curious sort of, what do you think their understanding of each other is at the end of this? I think it's like a respectful, like you do your thing and I'll help, but you know, I'm, we have our own way. And like, I love that. He's like, you can give us weapons and tanks, but we have an 80% unemployment rate. Yeah. Like our hospitals are failing. Like the last thing we need is tanks and military equipment. We need to keep our people alive. Like if you want to give us money, it's for that. You know, like our community is drowning. We don't have time to fight a international war. Like we, we don't even have a, a people, you know? Um, and I love, I, he kind of calls Batman on his like, rich bullshit um and i really love that part like there are so many other things going on in the world that are just as bad as leviathan you know yeah yeah i really loved it too that you know batman's pretty much only in this issue to uh be called out on his you know rich white dude imperialist bullshit because i mean he doesn't mean to but when he's it's a great scene when he's in their 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 bat cave <clears throat> um he's looking around because they have their trophies they, have, they even have a black glove in here yeah, yeah right next to a black and red drum yeah oh yeah the black and red motif shows up in here again and they have a giant they have a giant wooden nickel um instead of a penny um but batman the look on his face he's he's got like a little satisfied smile and he's talking about batman on a budget mm-hmm. and it's just it's just so insulting because it know, is and his it, facial expression there is, I, I yeah. wanted to talk to you guys about his facial expression there. Yeah, because it implies that, you know, oh, you guys made this choice to be this so, is cute. so self-reliant. It's like, no, they were forced into this by, <laughs> by white European culture. Well, it's um, like, and, and at the end, you know, when he's saying to, to Red Raven, that's inviting them to, to join the, the Bat Club. And uh, Red Raven, his dialogue is great. 
because he's, he's just like, so America's been invaded. Oh, you, need, you need advice on how to live through that. You came I to the right that. place. I right. love that. And then he never left the front line. But Batman's attitude is totally like, oh, but if you come with me, then you'll be on the front line. It's like, no, you're missing the point, Bruce. I mean, right. <laughs> wherever you go, you bring your own your own eyes with you. And so you don't he you know, Batman's well intentioned, but he doesn't see his cultural barriers that he has from being, yeah. you know, I guess the bourgeoisie, like the rich upper class you know, in his way, he thinks he's helping by offering these like weapons of war. It's like, this is what destroyed our culture, man. You're trying to give us the tools that we, that we hate. You know, it's really interesting that this and the last issue, I both, like, I think both a lot is allowing Morrison to have this conversation and it's allowing us to have Batman be this moniker for a thing that is not in line with at least the three of our ideals, you know, but he's allowing us to have this conversation and Batman is still the hero. It's still a Batman book. He's the driving force of this narrative. But, you know, at the same time, I have to think that he's, he's knowingly not, not making Batman a hero to a huge type of person within this book. And even within this and the previous issue, there's moments of him being a little condescending or a little, mm-hmm. you know, dismissive. Well, I don't think cultures. he's, I don't think he's negatively intentioned. He's just, he's comes from an, you know, it, it is a institutional perspective. Like he just doesn't have the cultural vocabulary to understand because he only comes from the 1%, you know, he, and his, his solutionism doesn't express the total experience of human totality. You know, the way he conceptualizes how to fix the world is from a rich person's perspective. And you know? to, and to explore that, through a Batman comic in a bat at the end of a Batman run of several years is such right. a bold and um, not risky, but like, it's very exploratory. I, I, I can't, you know, it's an exploratory way to use Batman who you identify with and then sort of force readers to kind of question whether or not they identify with him and allow him to maybe be on the other side of their moral uh, line. It's, it's, I think it's really interesting and that's what i'm kind of focusing in on on this read through of batman incorporated yeah this issue and you bringing that up really points out like i've had a long criticism and friends of mine have too like batman as well-intentioned as he is he's just not a very good dude like his the way he conceives of the world is pretty simplistic and Mm -hmm. bad like you're just gonna beat the shit out of the enemy instead of like trying to fix the the issues that create the enemies um and I always said, like, there's not enough Batman from a perspective of the lower class in the world. Like, there isn't much of a criticism of that. And kind of in this book, in a, the past couple issues, I've never noticed it. But there is almost a substratum, even though he's, like, deified in, in, in this run, there is a little bit of, like, is this the best approach? Right. You know, and yeah. I guess I kind of got the Batman run I always wanted and didn't know it. Like, this issue, and, you know, there is a substratum of, like, is Bruce doing the right thing? Cause I certainly don't think putting robots around the world, using tools of war to defeat the <laughs> right. thing that causes Before wars. It happens, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily feel like the solution. I think the ground solution is more of the man of bats approach, you know, is how you actually fix, you fix the despair that causes violence, not attack the violence, hoping to fix the despair, which um, is almost, you know, it's, almost what he was doing originally like right focusing in on your community what can i do for my community and right. you could do things with just like man of bats like you could you know change unemployment you could change how easy it is to get drugs you could change how easy it is to have health care all of these things and he chooses it to do it in a way that makes for a good action and mystery comic but at least he was feet on the ground in his community trying to change the world by making his community better which is kind of the man of bats approach and right. then he abandons that to go global which is you know, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. And I do think we kind of end where we began, but it's a, it's a journey. Right. I just, I, th- I really appreciate that Morrison, I thought at first, like Morrison was just like deifying him and making this approach like completely, like we are supposed to digest it from like, oh, you're supposed to like this level. Like you're supposed to not only enjoy the read, but like endorse his actions. And I've never endorsed the actions. Um, and there's more of a criticism or a self-awareness that, I didn't pick up in the last my, or my first read through Batman Inc. And I, of course, I mean, Morrison wrote the invisibles. Like it, that is a huge criticism of corporations and government and, you know, and things. So obviously there's going to be 
a little more nuance in it, but I just didn't expect it and didn't have the eyes to see it back then. So I'm appreciative of that. I couldn't, I couldn't say any of that better. You, as you were saying it, I'm just like, all of that is, is absolutely perfect. Now, Roman, Justin and I in classic Justin and Jeff fashion, just beamed electricity from one eye to the other and started talking as the other one stopped talking. Get in here with me in this bathtub that we've filled with oatmeal (laughs) as it slowly turns to a paste. And we realize that our skin is getting better and better. So yeah, and let's thick- feed it to each other. So thick and enriching. It's thickening. Oh, the oats are thickening. <laughs> My skin's got a healthy glow. It always um, does. No, I just, I just, I just love listening to you guys. Um, oh. But yeah, this, I, I, and I just happened to flip back to the title of this story, which is "Medicine Soldiers." And, I know. And, and, and yeah, totally, that's such a perfect title. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> doing the healing. Yeah, man, that's in Red Raven. I, you know, I fought really, for that title. Yeah, Look at the crumbling nature of the idea of medicine soldiers in that font, like even that, it like yeah. mirrors the house that is below it that is decaying. I, and I have to, I mean, I assume that um, um, Chris Burnham. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's Chris Burnham or the letter that came up uh, with that with that font for the title. I wonder. Just it was yeah, just, it yeah smart graphic design. Yeah, yeah. It all kind of um, comes together. It does, and it's interesting that you know, taking into account everything you guys were saying, but Manabat still, um, William Talegal, is that his last name? Mm, good question. Um, I, I, now I lost his last name. Uh, I'll Google it while you're talking. Okay. Yeah. I've got it. He's my favorite Batman Inc. character. Yeah, and I like too. a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he was still at some point, we don't, he premiered in a story in I think the early, the mid sixties. Yeah. But, well, it's uh, based on, a. I found it um, a couple of days ago when we were going to do this, but uh, let me pull it up here because as you continue talking, I think it's worth mentioning. Yeah. It was it's- Batman number 86, and this is based on Batman, the Indian chief issue. I'm not mm. sure if you can see that, but yeah. that was kind of the introduction was to justify this story from pre-100 Batman. Yeah, yeah, and, and this character, I mean, so at some point, uh, Bill Tall Eagle was um, inspired by Batman, um, so that's interesting in conjunction with everything Justin was saying. Um, I would like to see some more stories with these two characters. I totally uh, I've been I'd love entertaining it, if, it in my mind yeah, since I read this issue. Like, I'd love it if Burnham was the artist too, because I really want to know more about their current struggle and their past and, and you know, why he just, he decided, you know, a Batman theme rather than say calling himself, you know, red cloud or you know uh, an indigenous right hero yeah I, th- I think this is and i was saying this while reading it i think this is chris this is crazy i haven't finished the run again yet i think this is chris burnham's the peak of his batman art yeah i was gonna throw out a disclaimer like chris burnham is amazing on this issue and he gets like it's great in the latter stuff but it does start to engage in a little bit more like caricature work the eyes become bigger the heads the become teeth are strange. huge yeah, yeah. like it, it takes a weird but like the panel that did it for me is this panel that we're just talking about it's page two but when uh man of bats kicks the door in just the perspective oh. work on the door the angle of the door the cracking the guy of it. falling back like it's still just, bent in action it's just it's just an incredible page. The art is incredible. And I, I yeah. love that he beca- he goes full on Burnham, you know, a little bit after this, once he gets a little bit more confident, but this yeah. is the perfect amount of Burnham and quietly. I was going to say this yeah. is Burnham with the quietly DNA still intact and it grounds him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just that one panel. He kicks in the door that, yeah, the quietly style detail in, you know, cause this is a cheap, ramshackle house when he kicks it in i mean the the way the door the latch and the door frame splinters and the door splinters you just understand the physicality of the door yeah and their background i mean i love all the telephone wires going off into the distance toward that toward that that hill and i love the look on on red raven's face too because he was just saying dad you can't just and then he his dad kicks the door in because red raven's more reasonable about hey there's you know legal problems and things and and his dad's just a man of action (laughs) red raven's journey of just like 
you know, mid- midway through the issue, he's like, come on, little Raven. And he's like, my name is Charlie. But then the final line <laughs> of this dialogue is, you know, Batman saying, I heard you, you know, retire. And he's like, no, I've never left Batman. And I don't think I ever will. Like just that, the full circle mm-hmm. nature. The, the other history of the Bat, or the DC universe, rather, we were talking about yesterday. One thing I loved about that is he grew up in this ecosystem. He outgrew the ecosystem. And then what he learned outside of the ecosystem was that he needs to give back to the ecosystem and he moved back. That's the thing that like Kendrick Lamar has talked a lot about is like you grow up in a culture, if you outgrow it and you get a platform, then you return to your culture to fix it and, and help it. Um, and I just love that he's ended up back here, right? Man of Bats is still here and Red Raven is still here and he wanted to leave, but no, he realizes he needs to stay here. And, you know, I, I entertain the idea of one day going back to Colville just because, you know, like we return from there, that from which we came. For sure. Yeah, we always dance with the one that brought us. But yeah, um, yeah, even, you know, even and even on microcosm level, that's what Dick Grayson did. You know, he left and it's true. angrily. Yeah. Came yeah, it's back, like a but as as his new self, his Nightwing, developmental pro you know process. Like he mm-hmm. he thinks that going far out to a different world is going to fix the problems he has in himself, and he realizes like oh, where you come from and the problems you have in you come from the place the problems that you were born exactly. up in. And you fix your community and fix yourself, um, which is like a, a wholehearted belief that i carry in my i attempt to embody in my daily life and um it's really cool it's a really cool meditation on kind of a coming of age story as well like Mm -hmm. you know there is this beautiful story of you know kind of man of bats everyone in this book is kind of criticizing his way and then he ends up kind of embodying the true ideal that we think a superhero or that i think a superhero should have no i'm with Um, but the the red Raven story is also pretty integral to this. And they're like father and son's not seeing eye and eye and realizing they have more in common than they thought um, is really cool. Uh, These first four pages are, I mean, the whole issue is great, but the first four pages are so impressive to me. Yeah. Page three. The one with the baby and the, the Oh yeah. When they break, they break in the door and go in and that, baby just sitting there covered in its own filth and his and his mom has od'd committed suicide left a note and there's and there's just a close-up of the baby sitting on the floor and it's in its own filth and screaming pointing at the cartoon on it's just so effective yeah it's a type of brutality that it is present in the book scalped but like and that is a brutal book but yeah it's uh i think it's the kind of thing that all of us need to see yeah and and yeah and seeing the um on that first page the the six panels on that page where he's just man of bats and raven are just going to different households checking up on people and their reactions um because two of them are are very positive and thankful for man of bats two of them are you know yeah well what about this what about and the one guy i love it he opens and he's wearing a superman shirt yeah, I like that. And he's just, yeah. he's just, when are you going to get political, big man? When are you going to do something for the Republic of Lakota? And then a couple pages later, we see him at his day job and getting chewed out by his new boss saying, you got to quit being so political. It makes us look bad. <laughs> and right. just, Which I think is in a Leviathan agent trying to snuff him, like trying to oh, yeah. prevent his, like he's actually starting name. to change the community. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, don't do, don't, don't, don't actually change stuff. You know, don't actually create the, don't stir the pot too much. Uh, oh okay I, I didn't that's that's really smart yeah i bet it is because batman comes later and warns him about how many and they're like around. totally insidiously a part of this community and that's the idea that anyone can be a leviathan agent you mm-hmm. know yeah yeah they've taken and they fuck him up gang. oh it's oh, so yeah. sad to see and then like i think with colonization you see tactics of of course the dividing con- con- conquer tactic like mm-hmm. you take your enemy and make them fight themselves and that's what they're doing here with this tribe is pitting them against each other. So Leviathan can take over. And so the gang becomes part of Leviathan and wants to kill off his own community. That's like such an evil war tactic. And so you're seeing, you know, man of bats community turn against him with the reds gang. It's like they're seeding a bad guy within the community. And you know, to that point, what I loved so much was that when, you know, when the community rises to save man of bats but there's a line of dialogue which is um 
me and man of bats and man of bats incorporated and i i interpret i read this issue a second time this morning because we re- i read this two days ago and and to me i read that on the second time is that man of bats incorporated is everyone on the res like he doesn't need yeah. to go hire heroes what he has is the entire community and i just realized looking at this the dude who puts um you know the little red the the whatever he calls himself reds the red slayer or whatever but oh red ripper red ripper he puts that guy in a headlock it's the dude in the superman shirt with the hat right it puts him in that and i just love this idea that like batman i love what you're doing go gather your incorporated people but my world is this res and every you know alternate country is just a different home here and these people are my incorporated and 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 I loved that and I love that you it kind fits of did into, it first yeah and I love that it fits into Batman Incorporated but kind of by saying like I'm not gonna join it here's seven issues in and we're kind of just like I've got my own thing going over here Batman you do your own and I just like that like you know we're still trying to establish what Batman Incorporated is and it's tonally so different from anything that's come before it to then get seven issues in and not get something that's immediately fueling the fire or building up the argument that ink should exist but actually right. is kind of the antithesis to that is is i think a really um bold stance to take on grand yeah Park. i was gonna say it's brave like yeah. to like have your seventh issue kind of contradict yeah, the story holds. you've been yeah <laughs> but it's brave and he does it really well and this little issue feels like it's in a vacuum and i think it stands uh, it's I, just something special yeah no i i told you saying just in a vacuum i think that this single issue deserves to be in a stack of you know like 20 issues of just like part of a run but you can read this anywhere and everyone should everyone should and it doesn't matter what you've read around it this is just i think an important one issue that is particularly good for white americans who don't know much about this and even if you do know much about it you don't know enough yeah, and yeah. to see for indigenous communities to see their heroes, you know, really represented with a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah, and I like and I like and Morrison did his usual thing where he doesn't hand you all of the information, but he gives you clues so that if you're really invested in the story, you look stuff up. Like he doesn't tell you exactly what uh, tribe tribe. Um, Red Raven and, and Man of Bats are from. I'm very glad couple, that you had looked into that because I was actually, that was a big question on my mind. Yeah, like the one, the guy in the Superman shirt, he mentions uh, the Lakota people. The, the, the Lakota, and they mentioned South Dakota and right. the Red Red Cloud School. So from all those clues. This is on the Great Plains, right? Yeah, well, from all those clues, I was able to fi- find out that, yeah, they're not only on the Pine Ridge Reservation, which covers most South Dakota and parts of a couple other states. But um, he's, I think he must be um, Oglala Lakota, which is also kind of under the Sioux umbrella, but Sioux isn't, there's a lot of indigenous people don't like the term Sioux because there's theories that that's actually a, a, a derogatory term that the Ojibwa or Ojibwe, however you say that, that's came up with. That's from. Oh, really? That, that, yeah. That, 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 yeah, it might mean, it means snake maybe right. in their language so that might be a derogatory term because they were I've heard that before yeah warring tribes um warring nations and it's just so cool that, that you can look up all that stuff and it doesn't distract or take away from the story at all if you don't look up all that stuff but i love the fact that if you do it adds all these other elements because like you were just talking about the batman incorporated that clicks something in my head where i was thinking oh in a way you could if you want to you could extend that to the original I think Great Sioux Reservation, the original one that then we broke up into these smaller ones of which the Pine Ridge is now one of the like three or four smaller ones in that area of the country. That do was once all one big one. Do you guys know anything about the Prairie Rose Native American Reservation or where that is? No. I just I, Googled, I saw that name when I was looking I just up. Googled where scalps took place because that is a series that's really dear to my heart. And I'm just curious, is it the same reservation or a different one? And apparently that's the where where it took place and I've I've not heard of it. So. I think that's one of the reservations that, that came out of the breaking up the of the the original much larger reservation that incorporated all of those lands. Okay. And I think it's so, yeah, like a historically high poverty rate, like his like maybe the most impoverished uh place in america I, I, there's something to that within scalp yeah yeah i think do they were saying scalped what state they're in i think it's south dakota north dakota one of oh, the dakotas okay. i yeah. believe so, um yeah same same land same type of 
area. Same, probably the, you know, related peoples. You yeah. gotta, I gotta take a diatribe really quick Please. before I forget there. So after I watched this and just kind of convenient, you know, it's ironic. We read this on Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh, true. We were going to do this issue right. on Thursday. Yeah. 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 Je- Jeff and I read it on uh, indigenous people's day. Day yeah, after right. Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I was, you know, obviously that stuff, I have an amount of connection to that and like the feelings around that. So I wanted to kind of like decolonize my Thanksgiving a little bit. So Aaron found a documentary called Gather, which is about tribes kind of in this area attempting to reestablish indigenous food sovereignty and take control over their food and food cultivation and trying to remember their original ways of cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Gather and it's fucking amazing and it goes into how colonizers um you know the pilgrims actually destroyed recipes and ways of cultivating food so they couldn't eat and to starve off native americans and kill their population and so it's there's this movement about sustainability and land custodianship integrally related to how native americans cook and it's a a, if you like cooking shows, it's got that, which Aaron and I are suckers for. And it has like this decolonist perspective. Um, and watching it on Thanksgiving after this kind of led to this emotional crescendo where I like cried. Is um, that streaming somewhere? You can rent it on Amazon. Okay, so um, Amazon. It, it was originally Get it, people. made. Get yeah, it. yeah, everybody. It's it's amazing. It was originally an Apple TV thing, but I was just like, fuck it, I'll find it on Who's Amazon. Who's got an Apple TV subscription? Right. Get the right. fuck out of here, I say. I don't even know anything they offer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's, if you guys want like a, you know, a pairing to go with it, it's a really cool thing. And it, like, it goes through the Dakotas and it goes over the Buffalo massacre. Um, cause you know, Buffalo meat is a huge yeah. thing and I love Buffaloes and I know Dude, you do too, Jeff. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm awesome. That's great that you remember that. Cause yeah, I've been on road trips and like the main thing I try to find on road trips is like to find Buffalo. And I've never seen them anywhere except for in Michigan. Um, oh, we're, yeah. But, I don't uh, know if I've ever seen one in person, but I love them. We I just got, have this deep reference for reverence for them. I wanted to say they're we have a, uh, unless they've gone out of business or something, we have a, a small Buffalo meat farm in whatcom county um well justin and i are going to go check them out when this pandemic thing opens up because i love them we all three got to take a road trip and hang <laughs> yeah. out with i was just thinking yeah. like as, as we've been doing this i was like the three of us need to go like go to a res the three of us need to go explore some of this history um, well apparently my mom has land that i've never been able to track down but i remember as a kid she got a deed to some land that she was owed and so I have some plot of land somewhere you know, actually, in the Dakotas. You it's, it's years ago brought that up, yeah. actually. I yeah. forgot that, but that, I do remember that. And so we can't, it's been really hard to find the paperwork and track it down, but we should road trip and try to find that land. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking wow. do it. Wow, that'd be interesting. And well, we can we can crack oil and do a, a slip and slide, a naked boy <laughs> slip and slide in, I our, love in it. our oil. I love it. Would, it. it would be, yeah, it's interesting too, because the reservations that, well, I don't know about Colville. I've never been out there, but um, the res- I think the reservations around here that we live by, you know, the Lummi and, and where I'm from down in Kitsap. And of course they're much smaller than Pine Ridge, but they're, and they have their own problems. Some of the similar problems, of course, but they also are so unlike like what we're seeing in this issue. Cause yeah, they have poverty and that kind of thing, but you know, there's stores and there's, there's like, the Squamish Port Madison Indian Reservation, you know, that I remember in high school, there was a video store there and, and taverns and things, and there's businesses and, and nice homes. Um, so the, what we're seeing here in Pine Ridge, it's, it's just so, such another world. Yeah. For sure. Brave for Grant Morrison to do this too. I mean, he's a yeah. Scottish guy. <laughs> Super brave. I, yeah, you're right. The fact that he's Scottish, this is a thing that isn't right in his backyard like it is for no. us. So, um, <laughs> I am so grateful I got to talk to the two of you guys about this. I'm so yeah, grateful. I'm grateful uh, I hope the, the listenership is cool with an hour-long conversation that is less about Batman and more about uh, our relationship to this issue. So that, that's super, super cool. I had some voicemails but or, or some emails, but we'll get to those uh, on the next day's episode. After this, I'm going to go it's Sunday, so I'm going to go check out the football that's been going on. Nice. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, 
God, I love you guys. Thank you so much. This was love the best too. part of my day for sure. Yeah, this was great. It was a great opportunity to talk. And I think the emails fit very well with the Internet 3.0. You're right. You're right. The spoiler is that there's this, the, the secret is next week is the Internet 3.0. So we'll see you later you this week. For right nope. 3.0. Love you guys too. Yeah. <laughs> thank so you, thank you. Thank everyone for listening. Thank you two for being here. On behalf of Roman and Justin, I'm Jeff. Batman in Quarantine 61. We'll see all of you very soon. 